Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. Today I have Kelsey Nicholson joining me. She is a former Kansas City Chiefs cheerleader and a nutritionist. So we are going to be chatting all things nutrition and hearing a little bit more about her story. So Kelsey, welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's it's so fun to be here and it's always fun to connect with another cheerleader, whether you cheered with them or not, you just have a kindred spirit. So it's always nice to connect. Tell us what years you cheered with the Chiefs. So I cheered 2015 to 2017. And for most people, when I say that, they want to know, were you part of the Super Bowl team? And the answer is no, I was not. I retired a few years before Patrick Mahomes took Kansas City to the Super Bowl and won. (laughs) Any chance we can sprinkle that in. But I have so many friends that got to cheer there. And so I lived vicariously through them and cheered them on. But I enjoyed my years, even though we didn't go to the Super Bowl. I was there in 2015 to 2017. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And it comes so rare, even, I mean, for the guys. But when you think about the cheerleaders too, that experience, it's just not a lot of opportunities to make that happen or to go back multiple times. And so I totally get it. I mean, I lucked out with the Seahawks. We had some pretty bad years and then it just all of a sudden kind of clicked and I was at the good one and the bad one. Anyway, Chiefs seem like a very, very special program, like with all the, I follow like all Mm -hmm. of the cheerleading teams. Tell me a little bit about the experience of cheering for the Chiefs. I mean, it's just a super close, tight-knit organization it seems like this is just from an observer standpoint but tell me about the program and what you loved about it yeah that's a good way to put it because I think the best part of that program were the friends that came out of it Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting to me when people ask me do you actually get along with your teammates the answer is always yes always they are kindest most Anyway, I could go on and on and on, but they are so wonderful. And it was so much about the team and how we could support each other through it. So, you know, even though we didn't make it to the Super Bowl, like I said, during my my years, it was still the best ever because of the girls that were on the team. Um, But the experience as a whole, I, I honestly don't have anything to compare it to, I guess, because I only cheered on the Chiefs. Did you cheer anywhere else besides the Seahawks? I did not. So all of my basis of comparison is just from the podcast and kind of looking at other programs and picking up on, you know, just differences that I see. And you can just kind of get a vibe, I think, after a while on social media of what the team's about. And I think it was really for their birthday messages that different people uh, share with the person who they're celebrating. You could just hear the connections, I think, in those videos. I kind of like that. It's not just like a picture and wish this person happy birthday. They're actual messages from your teammates. And I think it's just a way to make that person feel special and it just shows the connection that people have with each other which I think is really sweet and a lot of teams are like that right in terms of that sisterhood and we all talk about it 
Right. Um, I can tell the little extra special, the little extra cherry on top. <laughs> it is extra special. And to be honest, I'm a little bit out of words at the moment, just because I don't want to sound so cheesy or that I'm trying to like oversell what the program was, but it truly was the best of friends and the best support system. And, and Stephanie Judah, our coach, she creates that and she creates such an environment for us to push our hardest and show up um, at our best, but also to love each other well. And that is what I remember the most, you know, what has it been like three or four years now since I've been there. So, you know, so much can happen in that time, but what mm-hmm. has stuck with me is like me picturing us on the field or like our practices and we're laughing about something or an inside joke or holding each other's hands in a hard moment or crying together when needing to, but laughing afterwards or mm-hmm. <laughs> going to get pizza after a long game. And just like those memories are so special. And those are the people like I still keep in touch with today. And we're in my wedding. And again, it sounds so cheesy, but it it was so much of like what you said, like close knit, like true friendships formed and not just bonding over cheerleading, although that was there too, but like Mm -hmm. truly bonding in life and in friendship. That's beautiful. And I got to meet Stephanie at ProAction last summer. And you can just tell when people are just genuine and just all good vibes coming from, from her. And so I'm excited to officially confirm just speaking with the Chiefs cheerleader because <laughs> the special team. So tell me about your background in nutrition. So was this something that you studied in school and kind of how did it play into your experience as an NFL cheerleader? Yeah, so I actually was wrapping up grad school as I was auditioning for my rookie year. And so I actually passed my like dietitian exam during my rookie year. And speaking of people on the team, just being super supportive, I actually remember telling the team in the locker room that I passed my exam and my co-captain had put together like a, a congratulations card and everything. And just, I had never felt so supported and cheered on again, so cheesy, but like a ser- legitimately had the best cheerleaders for you in life on yeah. the cheer team. But anywho, not to get too off topic on that. No, uh, that's all good. I mean, it's, that's the support system. I think that we're all talking about. It's just like when you have people who are really genuinely rooting for you and you go through so many like ups and downs, I would say just because of life when you're on the team and, you know, sometimes those practices hit you on one of your worst days. And when you have that kind of support system to just lift you up when you're not feeling at your best, it's priceless. And to celebrate those victories with you and knowing that people have like so many different things they're juggling. So being a part of that celebration is kind of what it's all about. So it's not a topic, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) You passed your dietitian exam and then Yeah. And then I was practicing as a dietitian uh, at a hospital. It just honestly worked with my schedule at the time because I wanted chiefs to be my number one priority, or I wanted the flexibility to say yes to things because I knew that those times cheering was a very unique and a short time in my life, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I wanted to be able to say yes to appearances and be ready for games and practices. So anyway, I practiced just as a PRN as needed dietitian at a hospital. So my hours were flexible and it wasn't until I left, um, retired chiefs. And that's where pure bar kind of came into the picture. I'd been teaching for a few years while on chiefs and I got the opportunity to purchase the studio that I had been teaching at. I had never in my life 
felt so clear about something besides auditioning for chiefs. Mm-hmm. Something told me whether if you believe in God or whatever higher power you may believe in, I knew something told me you need to buy this and you have to step away from other things. And as hard as that was, that was just the focus. And the reason I say all of that is because I went all in to be an owner. I had never done it before. Um, I wanted to do it well. I took so many skills that I learned from chiefs and applied it to being an owner and being a leader. And mm-hmm. I put my health to the side. I did not take care of myself. You know, I'm an Enneagram three. If Again, if you're into that. So I'm very goal focused. Where have I been? I saw that on your Instagram and I'm like, is there another personality test that I'm just like not up to snuff on like please clue me in or I'm getting old one of the no you're not (laughs) not old at all it's totally a rabbit hole you could totally go down but the Enneagram is very popular in terms of essentially a personality test I'm definitely not an expert on it so you don't want me to tell you what type you are but it can be no 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 is it something you can take online? I just yes. need to hit the Google machine. Okay. All right. Yes. Google machine. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I love the Enneagram because it can help us know ourselves better and other people in our lives to give other people grace and then also know in areas of improvement. So mm-hmm. while I know that I'm an Enneagram three wing four, I do my best not to use that as an excuse. Right. So I try not to be like, oh, well, because I'm an Enneagram three and I'm very goal focused, that's why I don't pay attention to my relationships and other people because I'm just so focused on my goals. Instead, I try to say, okay, I tend to be a workaholic. I need to work on that. I need to make time for friends and family because that's truly what brings me joy, even though I'm driven by my work and my goals. Got you. So yes, as you can tell. At the time, you were kind of really all up in your Enneagram three in terms of just how you were devoting your time being a, a new business owner and you were also juggling your career as a dietitian as well. Well, I actually put that to the side. So that's kind of what's oh, okay. ironic about it is that like that's everything amazing. else shut off, including my, my ability to take care of myself. I mean, I would go all day without eating because I would just get into it. And then by the time I got home, I would be so tired. I didn't want to cook anything. And I started eating ramen noodles every night. Like I was in college or something. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember was, those days. Yeah. I know. Right. And I was so silly because even as a dietitian, I would literally like put the ramen noodle packet in the, you know, like the seasoning and I would convince myself, I'm like, I'm sure there's some nutrients in here. There has to be like, look how many colors there are in this powder. Like, no, <laughs> Nowhere. Just throw all of your learning out the window, right? <laughs> yes. Everything I've been thrown out the window. And it wasn't until I hit total burnout. It was like year two. I felt like I got hit by a bus when I would wake up in the morning and I no longer was motivated to do what I was doing, which made no sense because I was so driven before. Uh, and I ended up hiring my own dietitian because sometimes it can be hard to diagnose yourself. Mm-hmm. Hired my own dietitian and did all these tests that at one point I thought was witchcraft, like to learn about what your adrenals are doing. I like people will talk about adrenal fatigue, which isn't a true diagnosis, but it's still a real feeling. And prior to me hitting my own burnout, I definitely thought <laughs> that adrenal fatigue was fake. It's not. You can definitely mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. tired adrenals that affect your thyroid, that affect your gut health and overall could just make you feel like crap. But how that ties into cheerleading, uh, not to jump the gun, but once I hit my own burnout, I had to unpeel a lot of layers 
and realized that I had put myself in this position from under eating and over exercising for so many years. And what I like to be so clear about this, because I know we get a lot of pressure in the entertainment industry, in the dance world. I get that. And I, I don't mean to minimize that at all, but I also mm-hmm. don't blame the dance industry for me hitting burnout. It's on me. I didn't take care of myself. I had the knowledge. I had the tools and I didn't use it because I had such a focus on what body type I needed to be. I wanted to look like this girl or do this thing. And I got really lost in the mission of why I was even a cheerleader or why I was a business owner. And so I hope I'm making sense when I say that, because again, I don't want to diminish any woman's experience of struggling with body image issues or the pressure that they receive. My story just personally was I got off track on what the focus was and I didn't take care of myself. I hit burnout and now I'm teaching other women how not to do what I did. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're on a team, I just think when I look back at my NFL cheerleading career, I mean, there was definitely the pressure of the way that my body needed to look. That was, there was my own opinion of how I wanted to look in the uniform and also just, you know, input from my director. But I just feel like I was just grasping at straws in terms of figuring it out. Like I never took a serious crack at like, okay, I really need to understand, you know, where nutrition fits in. Everybody I'm sure probably meets with a trainer or somebody who's going to help you have like targeted workouts or things like that. And I did that part, but I don't think I really took the time to say, I need to see what I'm feeding myself to help me perform. And I just kind of had this way of shutting out because I wanted to eat. I mean, let me just going to keep it all the way. (laughs) I wanted to do whatever I needed to do to eat whatever I wanted. And that was my mentality. And, but the, whatever I wanted was what I should have been eating probably more than likely, like not, not that it was terrible, but it just wasn't probably anything that was helping me, you know, with the goals that I had around fitness and just my overall look. And it's so easy to either get off track or just have no clue what you're doing and just coasting through because you just don't commit to like figuring it out. And I know that there's a lot of information out there, but I'm a certain type of way where I just need, like if I met somebody who was a nutritionist and maybe I should have sought one out, like I probably would have had a conversation or two to kind of try to figure out what I should have been doing differently, but it just wasn't something that I put time and energy to while I was dancing. Right, right. And I think that's the disconnect. Because again, like I said, I blame myself because I had the education, I had the resources, and I just got too focused on being a certain weight. Fitness mattered, but I needed to stop focusing in on the number for me personally. But Mm -hmm. in general, in the dance world, in the cheerleading world, I don't think a lot of women have access, like you were mentioning, like to a dietitian or nutritionist, or they're relying on their trainer, which isn't necessarily bad. There's a lot of great trainers out there. I had some that I adored and were so supportive and great. And then I had others that I look back on and I think you probably told me everything wrong. <laughs> uh, not probably you did. I'm sugarcoating it a little bit. You know, <laughs> but it was like, it, I was watching all of these women try so hard to get, you know, into this certain fitness level and ideal body image, whatever it may be. And eating, less and doing more and still not seeing results. And when we see that, when we see you continuing to cut calories and trying to exercise two, three times a day, you're not seeing the results. Like that is not the problem. And that's not only in the dance world, but that's in society too, that the simple equation of eat less, do more is just outdated period. (laughs) It's so outdated. It just doesn't work is what you're saying. Like that's just not, 
not it. Right. And if it did, then I wouldn't have a job, right? Like dietitians wouldn't be needed as much. And I think uh, we need to start looking at weight loss or weight loss resistance or weight gain as a symptom, a symptom of something else that's going on versus a problem that we need to fix. The problem isn't what your weight is or needing to lose weight. It's maybe it's adrenal health. Maybe it's thyroid health or even gut health. All of those play a role in what your metabolism is doing. Even simple things like hydration. I mean, I don't know what your guys' practices were like, but we used to have practice in the indoor facility that was essentially like a game. You know, it was outdoors Mm -hmm. or not air conditioning, I could say, which made sense because Kansas City is an outdoor uh, field, right? So we're not going to, they do sometimes now because they're, blessed with this beautiful gym that they practice with sometimes. <laughs> Don't you love those improvements after you left a program or a school where you're just like, hmm. Right. Nice. Yes. And I would want nothing more than the program to continue to improve and for the experience to continue to be better. But I'm like, man, those were the days when we were in the indoor facility, sweating our little booties off, prepping for game day because our game days were always outside. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I say all of that because the amount that we were sweating, oh my goodness. And <laughs> the amount of water breaks that you were getting or not getting. Oh man. You know, I will say our coach was actually pretty good about that. She had us do water breaks all the time. Um, oh, nice. But you know, if you were drinking just straight water, you weren't actually hydrating. And that alone is one of the like, quote unquote, secret tips. It's not really a secret, but the tips that I love to give active women, dancers, cheerleaders, like you have to get minerals as silly and like cheesy as it sounds, getting your daily minerals. So you actually hydrate is so vital. And that is not drinking Gatorade. It's literally getting sodium, potassium, whole food, vitamin C. I think, oh my goodness. I think that would have made a world of a difference when I was cheering. If I had truly known how to hydrate my body. So you're saying that like just plain water or drinking Gatorade isn't really what's going to prevent your body from being dehydrated. Are these like the little, now that I'm thinking about it, like mineral packs and stuff that people, some people would put in their water. Is that what I'm, you or know, how would they, you go about getting it? They might have that. I need to look into that. I now recommend this product called, uh, it's called adrenal mocktail, but it can be used for hydration and it has Uh, the ratio of sodium and potassium in whole food vitamin C. And it's from this brand called Jigsaw Health. They're a great brand. Um, You can buy straight from their website. I typically, on a side note, don't recommend getting supplements off of Amazon because you're never really sure what you're getting. Mm -hmm. But anyway, these electrolytes are needed to actually pull the water into your cells. So I tell clients or dancers that I'm talking to that, If you've ever felt dehydrated or you're in a hot practice and you drink a lot of water and you have water kind of sitting in your stomach and it feel like it's sloshing around, I call it water logging. If that's happened to you, that means that the water's not actually getting absorbed. You're literally just drinking it and it's passing through. And sure, that can happen anytime if you, you know, you're really hot and you chug a Gatorade or something afterwards, you're probably going to feel a little bit of that. But in general, you know, you get to the end of the day and you're still drinking water or you drink a gallon of water and you're still thirsty, then you're really what's happening is you're low on electrolytes. Interesting. But like you said, thinking of your time when you were a cheerleader, what were some of the other 
I would say like nutrition mistakes or misconceptions that people would have as they were struggling to kind of balance, not necessarily their weight, but just all of the things that go along with just your physical appearance while you're on a team. I think the hardest thing is that the phase of weight loss, if you do feel like maybe you can improve that area and increasing your physical fitness, like your cardiovascular health or prepping for the uh, stamina that you would need for game day, those two things happening at the same time are very, very hard. I don't want to say it's impossible, but from my understanding of, of how the body works without hitting burnout, doing those two things are impossible. And we would see that happening at the same time. So we would be prepping for like poster or calendar shoot. And we would have girls wanting to feel their best. And I, and I honor that. And I understand that, but, you know, trying to prep in the best way possible. And they would be eating like a thousand calories a day while also having practice. And so that was something that, I did talk about with people because I appreciated they trusted me in some on some of the years that I was on the team to help with nutrition. That was one thing that we had to kind of address that it was like, yes, you ate a thousand calories and now you have no energy for practice. Of course not. Mm -hmm. You're about to dance for four hours and your body is literally going to burn at least a thousand calories. So So it's like uh, unwrapping again, that myth that eat less, do more. It simply isn't true. I got so nerdy that I used to wear like a heart rate monitor during practice sometimes <laughs> because I wanted to know, I'm like, I need to know how many calories I'm truly burning because I know I'm not replenishing it. And, you know, we kind of joked that we had the practice hangover sometimes. <laughs> and again, like we worked hard, we worked really hard. So there would be days you'd kind of wake up tired, but the hangover was really from me personally was not eating enough and not hydrating after practice. Like, of course I woke up and felt hungover. My body was like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, no, that's so true. These are things that are just like, duh, when you think about it, if you look back on it, but like you said, like getting ready for calendar shoots or photo shoots, everybody was just thinking less, 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 just so that you can look the way that you wanted to look. But, you know, it's not like that's the only thing that you had going on at the time. You have to practice. And man, like when everybody's walking around like a zombie, and (laughs) I think those practices were probably, you know, maybe even longer than they should have been because maybe people didn't even appear as though they were going full out or what have you because everybody was just lacking energy. And it's, you know, it's audition season now. And I think people are probably doing very similar things in terms of pushing their body, dancing, 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 working out like crazy so that you can look a certain way for auditions. But once you get through that auditions process and you have like, you know, the finals practices or those audition practices that are pretty long, you have to have energy to carry you through so that you're shining in those practices as much as you are in the actual audition itself. Right. And what you bring to audition, you're going to have to sustain that, if not better, as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. So if you are depriving yourself so much to the point of exhaustion at the end of auditions, you have a long road ahead of you to get through. It's a lot. Yes. You, the way that you make that team is what they expect you to maintain. You see so many different things out there, like intermittent fasting. But what would you say to people who are kind of doing those like quick fixes to prepare for auditions. What advice would you give people who are trying things and prep for auditions, but not really thinking of the long-term effects of stuff? 
That's a great question and a great point. And that brings me to a little bit of my own story. Again, my second year audition, I came back the most confident I had been. And to be very honest, I did intermittent fasting, which is one thing I do not recommend any of my clients because it can cause such adrenal and thyroid issues, which I think that's where mine started. And, you know, I can go down a rabbit hole of the science of why intermittent fasting works. And maybe it can work for a very short season. Highly recommend that you have a health professional if you even consider doing it. But again, Mm. the problem was for me is I did that leading up to audition. I felt great, had energy, was confident, all of that, but it wasn't sustainable. It definitely wasn't this lifestyle that was sustainable for practices. And so I put myself in a corner because then I was expected to be this certain weight and whatever fitness. And the second I went off of it, I started gaining weight again, but I also felt better too. I had more energy and whatnot. So to answer your question, I would just be very careful. I think it's okay to adjust your macros and have a different plan when you're auditioning because the entertainment industry is different than the regular life. You know, your, your diet may look different, but just be more cautious of what your energy levels are doing. What's your sleep like? What's your exercise performance? How's your recovery? Are all of those in a good place too, that shows that your diet is helping you and not hurting you, that Mm. it's going to be able to sustain you throughout the season. Yeah. And I think something too, that comes to mind is just that our practices are sometimes late. I mean, I don't know about some teams that might have like set blocks of time that they're practicing and they don't go to, you know, late hours at night. But I remember, you know, we would start at 630 and sometimes, you know, with breaks here and there, but going to like 1030, 11 o'clock at night, maybe later, and then you're starting your day at work the next day. And so, Sleep does definitely, I, I think people have to be mindful that sleep might not be what you might be accustomed to if, you do, if you're used to getting more sleep. Just like you said, and all those factors end up contributing to how good you feel during the season. And you don't want to kind of show up your best at auditions, you make the team, and then it just becomes something that unravels, and then you struggle during the season. And that happens a lot, I think. Yeah, it does. And that is one point that I have probably forgotten on a side note, my teammates would still to this day make fun of how much I love to sleep. (laughs) So (laughs) me and sleep was, has never been a problem. They all know that I love it, but it was harder on those practice nights when it would be till 1130 or midnight. And again, at the time I was like, well, I'm young. You only live once. I wasn't married. So I was okay with staying up later, but it definitely had an impact on my health more so than I think I realized at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think you're just wired too after practice. Like I would get home and you're just so exhausted and you're like, okay, you know, I'm going to just shower and hit the bed. But I would be up for at least another like hour or so after getting settled at home, which was just insane. My sleep, anyway, I've tried to get better about sleep, but it was awful. I think the amount of true sleep that I got was in functioning so- off of it. That's so true. It was so wired after practice. And honestly, my favorite parts about being on the team is that I always force somebody to carpool with me to practice because the stadium was a good 30 minutes away from where we were living. And anyway, I would hook in some other cheerleaders and that was always the best too. After practice, we would just be kind of like slap happy and chatting about life and boys and all the things. And that was like getting you wired too. So then I, exactly like you said, I get home and he's putzing around for an hour (laughs) so I guess I would give the advice to the current cheerleaders get a bedtime routine (laughs) when you get home 
Yeah, definitely a wind down routine. And it's, you know, it's interesting too. I mean, I know nothing about this, so you could just be like, girl, please. Um, <laughs> but when you think about like nutrition or just what we're fueling our bodies with and whether you're allowed to kind of like have a little snack during practice, something ideally healthy, but to the extent your schedule in terms of what you're able to eat or feed yourself before practice, having these long practices, probably being hungry, you know, at the end of the night, you get home, either you're really being good and eating or not eating, or, you know, I don't know what you should be doing at that hour if it's pretty late, but what would you say that people should at least take into consideration in terms of like how they set up their schedule when they are on a team? Because it's just, you're just kind of on a go, 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 go. And, you know, you might be coming from work to practice. Like what did you have as, I guess, a schedule or what would you say is like really a good strategy to have to make sure that you are getting those nutrients that you need to get through practices. Yeah, that's so good. If I were on the team now, because I didn't always do this well on the team. If I were on the team now, I would prioritize three, at least three good meals a day that include plenty of protein, carb, and healthy fats. Seems pretty simple, but it's, again, it's easy to skip it's easy to not get all your macronutrients in when you're just trying to find a bar or something because we're busy and trying to make it from point A to point B, which I, I completely understand. But the way that we set boundaries for some of our self-care time, like, you know, whatever that looks like for you. So many of us are now are, are really focusing in on how we have to relieve stress. And I think one of those things needs to be mealtime. Being able to actually fuel yourself is part of self-care taking care of yourself so that you can show up well for practice. You can show up well for your teammates. You can show up well for the community, which is, you know, one of the main reasons that so many of us say that we want to be on the team is we want to give back to the Kansas City community, for example, for those that are on the Chiefs. So for me to be able to show up well for that appearance and connect with that child or help with that person at the appearance, I need to fuel myself well. And I know that can seem, again, so cheesy, but that's how I've been able to lock in that skill is that it's not just about the meal itself. It's like, okay, this is going to help me show up better. So to get more specific, we focus a lot on carbs, you know, a lot of low carbs and definitely don't recommend that definitely need your carbs for energy, but even more importantly, protein that helps with energy too, muscle growth and repletion. And uh, we need it for gut health as well, which is vital for nutrition Many women don't get enough protein. Even the average woman doesn't get enough protein in the day. So I can't imagine mm -hmm. those that are athletic and still dancing definitely probably don't get enough. At least 25 grams a meal is my recommendation if we want to get specific. Me and meal prep planning, blah, I don't even know the right terminology for it. Clearly, I don't do it. But I think it would have been something that would have definitely helped a lot just because you don't have a lot of time. Um, when you're on a team, especially to at least map out your practice nights or your practice days, I should say, as to what you're eating. And if you have appearance, it's just kind of knowing, at least for your busy days, if you're not doing it for every day of the week, everybody has their way of keeping organized with their planner or their schedule. But scheduling that time, like you said, it is self-care and you can't put that last. It just rears its ugly head at a certain point. Yep, absolutely. It does. And I have people that come to me now for a lot of gut issues, <laughs> which mm. people are always like, oh, TMI, I'm so sorry to tell you about my bowel movements. And I'm like, well, honestly, it's part of my job. So it doesn't, it's never TMI, always here to help. 
but it can feel like those gut issues come out of the blue and really it comes from years ago of under eating, over exercising, not dealing with stress. And, and I still struggle with that today too. So, you know, it's an ongoing thing for women that are very driven, very passionate, very goal oriented. The first thing that goes out the window is, you know, simple meal time. It's really easy to skip through lunch. And it feels like at, you know, at the time it really doesn't do anything because you eat later when you're hungry and you're fine. But when you do that for years and years and years, you'll see other symptoms come up. So it can feel like, you know, we get so zoned in on just the day of like how to get through it. And I totally get that. But again, if we can kind of peel back the layers and think like, okay, we come up with five-year goals for our careers, for our life and whatnot. And part of what we're doing today is going to affect those goals. That's so true. I was going to say, because you do hear gut health quite a bit. I mean, I'm going to probably ask some dumb questions in terms of like trying to make that make sense for me. But like, what are signs of like, an unhealthy gut. It just seems like a buzzword now. And I'm kind of like, well, what does it even mean to have an unhealthy gut? Or how does that show up? And what do you need to be doing to have a healthy gut? I mean, if there's a mini breakdown on that, I would love to hear it. Yeah. And no, not a dumb question at all. It's your gut is connected to everything. And I kind of laugh sometimes when I start to talk about it, like laugh to myself, not laugh at people. Because before I hit burnout and was starting to experience all this myself, I thought so much of that was like woo woo and like witchcraft and just not actual science. I'm like, gut health. What does that even mean? Oh my goodness. It's so connected to everything. So anybody that I work with, we do a gut test because it's going to show something. So if you're dealing with fatigue, there's a test for it. Oh yeah. Oh, it's not pretty. It's a stool test. It's a, Oh, 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 at home. And, you know, it's unpleasant for the like five minutes that you're doing it, but it's so revealing. I mean, I've had clients come to me that have had endoscopies. They've had colonoscopies. You don't need a colonoscopy until you hit about 50. And I've had 20, 30-year-olds that have had colonoscopies because they have such bad gut pain and the doctors can't figure out what's going on. And it's, you know, they're just looking inside the gut tract and not seeing what's really going on on like a bacteria level, so to speak. But anyway, this, you know, the gut test is essentially that it's a stool test to literally see what's going on inside your gut. And it's so important because the clients that I work with that have, again, fatigue, even metabolism issues, right? Like that's where we should be absorbing our nutrients, your immune system. It's connected to your brain. It's connected to your hormones. So many different things that while you're right, gut health is a buzzword, but I think rightfully so, because it's so important in overall health. But it's one that also can be ignored for a long time. Like people don't realize, oh, I'm not supposed to feel bloated after every meal. You know, it just happens so often it became normal or, you know, they don't have regular bowel movements. You know, it's not sexy conversation, but it's Mm -hmm. real things that so many people deal with. And I'm trying really hard not to call out one of my friends. I hope she listens to this podcast because she, I cheered (laughs) with her. (laughs) And she's been telling me forever that she needs to do a gut test. And now that I'm on this talking about it, I'm going to have to message her and just do it because (laughs) I need her to feel better. So, I mean, if somebody were like, okay, I'm listening to this podcast, I should try to have a, like, where do you even begin? Like in terms of trying to tackle some of this stuff, like, is this talk to your doctor and walk in and say, Hey, I want to check to make sure my gut health is great. 
where do you even begin? Or is this kind of like order something on Amazon? And I don't even know how this goes. <laughs> That's such a good question. And unfortunately, most doctors will probably laugh at you uh, if you ask them for a gut test or a stool test. And I really, I don't ever mean to speak negatively of doctors because there's some fantastic doctors out there, but it's just more so in conventional medicine is not quite accepted yet. And I practice in the more functional nutrition range where we do a little bit more deep diving into your symptoms and do lots of labs too. But more mm -hmm. importantly, we're treating the patient. We're not treating the paper, but the paper we get from the labs gives us a lot of direction and gives us a lot of help. Uh, so to answer your question, not to give myself a, you know, a plug, but. Oh, well, plug away. That's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> me or another functional dietitian or health practitioner that will dive deep into finding the root cause of your symptoms. So it's not just, you know, okay, you have fatigue. Let's fix it with this medication or supplement. It's, it's asking why do you, how did that get there? Why do you have such horrible fatigue as many of us do? And there can be a variety of reasons. And when I work one-on-one -on -one with clients, we go down that rabbit hole and I dive deep in figuring that out and helping you navigate that. But I'm also very passionate about keeping it simple and practical. So if you're ready to dive deep and you want to know all the things of why your body is doing this, that's where you apply one-on-one -on -one and find a practitioner you can trust. But if you're just someone like you mentioned, you just want to get started, like you're feeling these symptoms, but don't know where to begin. I keep it simple. And I say, start your day with minerals. So kind of what we talked about before getting that adrenal mocktail, mm -hmm. or there's a ton of different recipes that you can do. And I tell people DM me, I will help you. I would love to direct you in that. Start your day with minerals instead of caffeine. Try to get three meals a day that include all your macronutrients so that you're supporting your metabolism, your energy. And then honestly, sleep. That's the other one that's huge in helping mm. regulate your health, uh, you know, not having screen time all the time when we're in bed. I know that's how some people unwind, but you know, an hour of TikTok, <laughs> like an hour of TikTok probably won't help um, finding that bedtime routine. And again, my, if any of my friends are listening to this, they will laugh when they hear that, because again, I'm known to have a bedtime routine where you just shut off the lights and you go to sleep. Um, I try not to scroll. Uh, mm -hmm. but actually I take that back. There's one more, which is smart movement. So, and I think that really brings everything full circle. And we talk about how eating less and doing more really is an outdated formula and smart movement is so important for your health. When you're dealing with fatigue, metabolism issues, gut health, because over exercise or just exercise in general, while it can be a good thing, it's a stressor, whether it's good or bad, depending on how much you do, it is a stressor on the body. So making sure that it's smart movement for you uh, depending on where you're at in your life. If you're in a very stressful season, then something like walking or yoga is probably more appropriate. If you are energized and you don't have to rely on caffeine for energy and you feel like your hormones are in balance, then maybe you can take on a little bit extra exercise that like boosts, so boosts the endorphins, you know? Um, but a lot of women that I work with that are dealing with fatigue and gut health, we're pulling back on that exercise because they've been trained to do more, eat less, and we're those layers. So to summarize that, because I know I went off on a tangent, minerals. No, this was good. I'm with you. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. Minerals, smart movement, nutritious meals, and good sleep. Yeah. And I just think it's important to hear, even if it's like 
four quadrants of information. It's just because sometimes you just go all in on one of those and you think like, why isn't this working? But there's, it's because it's all connected to quite a few other areas that need to be in balance for you to really see the results of that. And it's hard to know if you're like exercising too much, but if that's the only place that you're focused on trying to see some results from, and that's where you devote a lot of your time, you're not going to see, I guess, the results that you're wanting. So this is super helpful. So, I mean, in terms of step one, like you said, it's reaching out to somebody like yourself. And I'm excited that it's just somebody in our space, right? You wouldn't be judgmental of the goals that people will probably set out in terms of wanting their body to be a certain way or what have you and knowing the demands that they're under with being part of a team. I think it's just helpful when you're talking to somebody who gets it because our world is nuts. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like you said, I would never be judgmental for you wanting to have certain goals. I think it is important to feel confident in your body and strong in your body that shows in your dancing that shows in your performance. I think it is important to have your health professional understand what you're in. If you can, while I was on the team, I had a therapist that understood that world. He had been in the, you know, in the NFL world and the entertainment industry. And just when you said that, it made me think of it. I'm like, that made such a huge difference. I one not only could he empathize and sympathize, but then also I wasn't spending my time explaining the industry. Yes. You got it. So I do love working with dancers for that because we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. I mean, we can, but we've already have that foundation established. Yes. And that's so important, you know, especially depending on the professional that you're working with time is of the essence and Mm. you don't really have time to kind of explain away like why something's that big of a deal or it's just way easier to talk to somebody that's from that world or understands so you can kind of get to the get to the getting in terms of the good part of how to help you know get those goals met but I really appreciate your time and like kind of talking through all of this I mean so where can people find you out you have a great Instagram that has so many short videos and just lots of information and what would you recommend in terms of people getting in touch with you? Yes, absolutely. Instagram. I have an email and a website and all that good stuff too. If you Google, but just messaging me at nutrition with Kels on that Instagram, that typically is the quickest way for me to get back to you and to connect and yeah, more than welcome to message me or click on my links there. Is it kind of like one-on-one sessions? I'm treating it like it's therapy because I almost feel like I've been in a little session with you today. (laughs) Just like (laughs) like a little one-on-one class or something but what's the structure I guess of people being able to spend time with you and is it something that's typically covered by insurance I mean I'm just trying to give people the the skinny on on how to get started yeah that is a common question too I don't take insurance at this time simply because the labs that I do are so unique and just again not quite accepted by conventional medicine yet so they're not covered by most insurance but I usually do a four-month program that's the amount that it takes at least to see results with the type of symptoms that I deal with, with most clients. However, with friends and family in certain situations, like those that are prepping for auditions, or maybe they do get to go on a calendar shoot this year, that type of thing. I have done one-off consultations because they have such a solid foundation and they just need a little bit more direction, a little bit more guidance um, that I have been able to do the one-off consult, but I typically want to serve clients better. And the one consult usually isn't enough. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense situation in that way. Okay. So like a four month kind of window of, cause you need, like you said, time to, to assess what's going on, to 
you know, recommend some sh shifts in behavior or different things that they should be trying and then to have the time to be able to see the results from it. So that makes a lot of sense. So obviously your Instagram will be linked in the show notes for people to be able to find you. Did we leave anything out? You covered a lot of ground. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, of course, you're welcome to ask any more questions. I think I was going to ask something about proaction just because I was jealous that you got to go this past year. Did you go just to go? Are you with a team? Oh, girl, no. I'm very much retired, but I, I went for the first time as a vendor, actually. So it was like the perfect chance to be a fly on the wall. I don't even know if I could have survived a proaction like while I was on the team. We went to something called PRO while I was on the squad in, in Atlanta. Oh. Um, I did that once and I definitely was like... Like it was, it was a lot. Last year was the you know first time since COVID of having it in person. So I thought it was a lot of people, plenty of people, but apparently just a small fraction of what they normally get. But the routines, um, you had some of your cheerleaders there. It's the energy in the room and just that final showcase of all the routines at the end. Like I would pay money to watch that. Like it was just so just awesome. Group after group after group going in and showing off these routines that they crammed in. And I don't even know how they retained all of that, but it was just so exciting. Like I want to go back oh this year. God. Yeah. It was so awesome. That's one of my best memories is going to pro action. Oh, was, you did go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I went my second and third year and my second year, like, so the first year I got to go to pro action, which was my second year on the team. I was so nervous representing the team and being, like you said, it's such an energizing environment and such amazing choreographers and, that showcase I'll never forget. Oh my goodness. It was like some like kind of jazzy hip hop routine that I was in. And uh -huh. I, ugh, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I got put in the very front. And of course, you know, I'm not here to be to brag that I was at the front of the routine. I only yeah. say that because I felt like, you know, you're representing all of Kansas City while you're put <laughs> at this routine and you're getting recorded. And anyway, you know, all of oh, that. Because, no, I literally was sitting there as a fan as a spectator I was just like so geeked and ready for it but then I was just looking at you know some of the Seahawks dancers that were out there and it's just like it was like lights camera action it wasn't just like a oh just come out and do it really quick like mm -hmm. it's a full-on production they're yep. recording it yeah no pressure at all like I was I was impressed so impressed because people just rose to the occasion but they looked like they were having fun too I guess that was the other part that it was just like once you didn't read stress from them once they were performing it it just made it like this big I don't know I, I have to go back it was really amazing yeah it is so fun I mean yeah the energy was great so many talented dancers and teams yeah. and you just wanted to represent your team well yes, yes, <laughs> yes. oh my gosh yeah well it's something that I wish, well, they have college um, dancers and cheerleaders there, but I would love it if they opened it up to like alumni, like just whoever wants to just be in the moment. I don't think you have to be on a team to go to it, but that would but be, yeah. we should have like an alumni like section and a, and a separate alumni performance. Like, yes, <laughs> let us come out of retirement and live one good time. Yes. But you know what they really need to do is sell tickets to that showcase. Like, I mean, it's in Vegas for dance enthusiasts and people who are just like, I don't know, in the area. Like I traveled from Seattle to go, but it's just a really good performance. I could see charging people for that. I don't know. Oh, for sure. If that became, totally watch that. 
Oh yeah. If that became public, I hands down, I could see me and some of my friends making a whole trip out of it to go um, and do that. Yeah. And then even just supporting the people who are going from your team too. Did you get the vibe that it almost felt like Pro Bowl a little bit? Like in terms of, you know, you're seeing all the cutest routines, like yeah, it just reminds me of why people would go to Pro Bowl and watch their representative like kill it, you know, at, at different appearances and during the game itself. Like I could see teams traveling to support the people who were selected. I might have to email that or mention them. They're, they're totally <laughs> your first time sit down. But <laughs> yeah, oh, well, you know, why not? The worst thing that can happen is, you know, it's either not now or later or whenever. It's not a, you know, it's not a bad idea to ever have things be more supportive and on. Yeah. Well, everybody loves the experience. That is like a all the way around the board, a consensus for ProAction. Um, just a great vibes, great routines, and stellar performances by all the dancers. So yeah, like as a vendor, I have to go back. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it for sure. That's so cool. That's so <laughs> yeah. cool. Well, again, thank you so much, Kelsey. It's so nice to meet you and hear um, more about this topic. I think there's just unknown symptoms or things that you experience and you get used to and you just kind of deal with. But it's a sign that maybe you need to look into things a little bit more to understand what's going on really in your body and what you can actually do to improve it. Cause you don't need to suffer, you right. know, and there's probably an explanation and a solution. You just have to make it part of your self care. Right. Absolutely. That's why I say you deserve to feel good. Um, I, I don't mean to cuss, but I, to be very frank, I tell people, I'm like, you don't need to wake up feeling like shit. Like that's period. It. It's not, you need to wake up feeling well and show up for the life that you want and yeah. stop normalizing feeling like crap. <laughs> right. Every episode's named after songs, but if there was a song, like you don't have to feel like shit, that would be the name of this <laughs> episode. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's so nice to meet you and I'm sure we'll chat nice soon. Nice to meet you too. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.